Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. I am so blessed to be able to serve in a church that has so many talented and wonderful people. Thank you, Ethan. I really, really appreciate our, our storytellers. So, <clears throat> I believe it was uh, 1965, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> I love Philip. He always lets me know what he's thinking. <laughs> <clears throat> Simon and Garfunkel come up with this song, I am a rock. I am a rock. I'm an island. I built walls, a fortress deep and mighty that none may penetrate. I have no need of friendship because friendship causes pain. It's laughter and it's loving. I disdain. I am a rock. I am an island. And when I, I, uh, <clears throat> I of course, I've heard this so many years, I never realized until this last week, I was like, man, what a horrible viewpoint of being able to look at other people. I just simply want to push myself away from everyone else. And yet, I think as followers of Jesus, we're not called to push people away. Instead, we're called to draw, to connect with one another. Several weeks ago, I was able to finally, 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 after two years, get together with my colleagues. We, we had a, a meeting in the morning. Uh, we went to Glendale. And I had already envisioned this sermon series in a different way. But as I sat down with them, we finally caught up. Even though we were still wearing masks, we were talking. It was just so good to be able to see each other finally in person. You know. You can text people, you can call people, and even, even through a screen, you can see people and understand what they're saying, their points, but it's never going to replace this interaction that I have here with you. Can you see people's eyebrows be raised when they're texting you or when they're on the phone, right? <laughs> Because somebody could be, see, could be, you know, speaking sweetly and nicely to you, but could also just have the most sour-looking face when they're saying it as well. There's meaning and connection, especially with our, our fellow human beings, and especially in our believers, our, our family here at the Downey Church, and worldwide, because we're connected to this movement to share Jesus with others. So connection. This month, I want to talk about connection. There are many connections that we have. We're going to talk about connection in general. Maybe let's look at it from the perspective of the church. But next week, we're going to talk about connection with your spouse in, you know, in light of Valentine's Day. By the way, guys, reminder, Valentine's Day is coming up. Hint, 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 hint. 
<clears throat> but we also have connections with our family, our kids, our, uh, our, our parents, our cousins, our aunts and uncles. And finally, at the, our, our last week, we're going to talk about connection with our neighbors, with the people that we meet in the community and our job, and how we can better connect. So we're going to get the basics today, and we're going to go deeper in depth in the following weeks. And this is all a process that I've been uh, aiming towards. Last week, we talked about basically discipleship. What does it mean to be a believer, to have faith, to be able to have a savior, but also the calling that God has for us to be able to share Jesus with others, to having a mission statement, to having vision to see what the church is about. We've also talked about the importance of scripture and prayer. And now, how do we connect with others? In fact, I was, uh, I was sitting, and when we finally got to lunch, uh, we, we were eating in, in this meeting. One of my friends, we started talking about board games. And somebody brought up the idea of Connect Four now. How many of you all played Connect Four growing up? How many of you still play Connect Four? How many of you are merciless and, and will try to beat the person at all costs? Okay, we have a few honest people. <laughs> you know, when it comes to Connect Four and board games, but especially Connect Four, it requires a little strategy. You have to be strategic because you can't just put four little uh, yellow or red, um, let's just call them checkers because they look like checkers, right? And, and so you have to have some strategy to it. And relationships are also, you, you sometimes have to be intentional. Some relationships, you know, it fits like a glove. It's great. It's, it's easy. And some relationships, maybe they're forced relationships, maybe just people you don't really want to deal with, but you have to. How do you connect with them? Because connection is important, whether it's your family or for your job. You like making money, right? You got to be able to connect with the people that you're working with. So the object of Connect Four is to be able to connect four checkers that are of the same color, were red or yellow. Much like also dinner. Now, let's try to get to know each other a little bit better. How many of you, when you're asked to make something and you're given the recipe, how many of you will follow the recipe where you cross the T's and dot the I's and follow the periods to the very last detail? How many of you are intentional about following the recipe as it is stated. Okay, we got a couple people. We got, okay, how many of you, you look at it and you think, I could do better? <laughs> or there's room, for, there's room for a little creativity. How many of you, okay, all right, not as many this time. How many of you just don't even care and look at the recipe and you just do what you want to do? All right. When it comes to making food, some foods you're, lit, you're, you're allowed, you're given, you have the ability to be creative, like fried rice and stir fry, okay? It's not that hard to mess, it's, it's hard to mess that up. But let's say you're trying to bake a cake, all right? You gotta be intentional about how much flour you put in, or in bread, how much yeast. I'm not the baker, you all know my wife's the baker, so help me out, what else do you put in, in bread? Okay, baking soda. You put too much baking soda or too much yeast powder. What happens? Okay, 
it doesn't come out correctly. All right? Or maybe you don't let it sit long enough. It's not going to rise properly. It's not going to taste right. In fact, uh, over Christmas, Lisa found a new baking recipe. <laughs> and it, it took her probably three or four tries to get this perfected. And, and I could tell her she, just, she was getting upset the first couple batches. It's too firm. It's too soft. This and that. And then finally, she found the magic touch. And she's been repeating that since then. And so, of course, I, as her wonderful husband, am the benefactor of great hot, toasty bread. It's awesome. But it took her a while to figure it out. And much like our connections sometimes, some people, ah, it's a little more involved process. <laughs> now, connections. What are some key ingredients for healthy connections? And the first one is that of Love, okay? Because in all connections, all relationships, we have to have love. Love leads to compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. In fact, let's go to Colossians chapter 3 where Paul basically says that, okay? Colossians 3, Colossians 3, 12 through 14, Don't put your Bibles down. We're going to be reading about, well, we're going to read several verses. All right. Man, the church is fuller today. Praise the Lord. That warms my heart. You have no idea. And for all of our visitors as well joining us today, thank you for joining us today. And consider making Downey Church your home church. All right. Are we there? Okay. Therefore, as God's what? Chosen people. We're not just cruising this earth. We are chosen. And that makes me feel better because I'm beloved. I'm wanted. I'm needed, right? As God's chosen people, holy or set aside and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, forgive one another, and if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so this verse is basically kind of setting the standard of what we're going to be talking about. We'll, we'll go more in depth into some of these key ingredients, but... Over all of these things, you have compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness. All of these can all be enveloped in the word love. When you look at the world, does it appear that there's a lot of love out there? Some of you. Okay, not all, but it's, you have to, it feels like you have to look for love, right? More often than not, we're found, we're shown, we're told that the world is messed up. Sometimes I, I, I jokingly say, "Oh, I've lost confidence in the human race," and then and then my my faith is restored. <laughs> For instance, uh, this week I, I, I uh, somebody shared a story with me of three young men who who saw this man get out of the bus, and they're they're probably about maybe 10, 11, 12 years old. 
and he had a little uh, walker with him, and he, he tripped, he fell, and the three young men came over, they helped him up, and they helped him get on top of the curb and made sure that the man was okay. And I thought for an instance, oh, my heart is restored, my, my faith in humanity, it's okay. But then right after that, how many other stories did I see that I was like, oh, this world is getting worse and worse every day. Now, God has called us. He has chosen us to be the difference in this world, to make a difference, to lead with love, to have compassion, to have kindness, to have humility, to have gentleness and patience. So if, as we develop connections with one another, love is the key defining attribute that we have to have and not only have, but show and live. When it comes to other key ingredients, though, in making connections, you also have to have trust and respect. They are essential in all relationships, in all connections. Let's go to James 1, a couple of books over, a couple of letters. James 1, 19 and 20. How many of you, when you're looking for passages of the Bible, you have to start at Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts? <laughs> all right, are we all there? Okay, awesome. James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. When we develop connections, especially this, we have to be quick to listen. God gave us how many ears? Two ears and two what? Eyes. Slow to speak. How many mouths did God give us? And one tongue, right? And slow to become angry. I, in all connections, the idea of trust and respect, of being able to listen to somebody, and especially next week when we're going to talk about this in more in depth. Some of you are going to be chuckling, and maybe some of you are just going to be getting more upset. But when it comes to trust and respect, it is key and vital. Being able to listen, especially when you're listening, it's not arming yourself with what you're going to come back with. But to truly, if you want to truly trust and respect that person, see it from their perspective. We, 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 we've heard the phrase, you know, seeing it in somebody else's shoes, right? From their perspective. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree with them. But to have true respect, to have great connections, you have to be able to listen. And trust is also keeping confidence if they share something with you. How many of you have ever told somebody something that was very important to you? Maybe they laughed at it or worse, they took it and it was something confidential and shared it with everybody. It's one of the most demoralizing things that you can experience when confidence and trust is betrayed. So 
to have healthy connections. We have to have trust and respect. Listening, but also having boundaries as well and being honest with each other. The other thing that we have to have is forgiveness. Forgiveness is necessary when we accidentally, and I, and I put this intentionally, or we intentionally hurt each other. Because, I don't know, maybe you've ever gotten somebody, you've ever got, have you ever gotten mad at somebody and just wanted to get even with somebody? And yet God does not call us to get even, but to forgive. So let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. It's a part of a, a well-known passage that we've studied. Matthew 6, 4 and 15, 14 and 15, sorry. Okay, are we there? All right. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is coming after the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that Jesus taught the disciples. This is like the bona fide template of all prayers for daily prayer. <clears throat> Excuse me. It talks about, you know, uh, our, our adoration for God, our, our, our need for God, our dependence on God for, for helping us to get through life. And even in verse 12, when it says, God intentionally says, hey, seek forgiveness and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And so God is not only asking us to seek forgiveness, but also as we seek forgiveness to be reminded of the fact of, hey, we should forgive those who've also either been in debt or harmed us or hurt us. Now, when it comes to forgiveness, though, that doesn't mean then that you become a doormat to somebody either. Okay, You do not allow them to abuse you or use you. And that may mean as well in love, just telling them, hey, I'm not going to allow you to do that. And if you continue to do that, then maybe we should not see each other. Because as much as, and even Jesus as well, he did not, you know, when he, when he talks about the fact of, of, you know, hey, was he saying you should let somebody strike you? Far from it. It was the opposite thing. He was making a point that those who, strike people are actually, they're weak. And, and Jesus is not allowing you to, to, be, to be slapped, but, uh, or he's not saying you should you know, be slapped, but, but that he, he, was, he was showing that man's, and sometimes they get upset and they just emotionally react. And yet Jesus is not asking us to, to, again, be doormats, but to be firm. I mean, was Jesus meek-minded? Yeah, he was meek. He was humble. But did he ever get passionate? <laughs> right? Jesus was very passionate. And Jesus stood firm. 
He stood up for others. So, when somebody has wronged us, we need to point that out. And also, sometimes, however, not everybody is going to feel remorse. And in your own best interest, even if they never say I'm sorry, or they never acknowledge the wrong, it's in your best interest as well to forgive them. So forgiveness is a necessary ingredient for healthy connection. But connections also, true love requires commitment and accountability to each other. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you fulfill the what? the law of Christ, carry each other's burdens. Does that mean that we should be overlooking everybody's shoulders, watching what they're doing and pointing everything out? No, because then nobody would be here, amen? <laughs> Let's just be real. Uh, <clears throat> but in our relationships, especially for those that we love, sometimes it takes commitment <laughs> and intentionality in our relationships and, and for instance, if one of our brothers and sisters or a family member or a friend that you have is struggling with something, should we not also be able to say, hey, I'm here to help you? Or to say, hey, man, I'm concerned about you because I love you. Not, oh, man, you're messing up. You shouldn't be doing that. We always come from a, a point of, hey, is there anything I can do? And can I listen? How can I help? How can I help walk you through this challenging time? So, commitment, accountability. But yet sometimes things go wrong. Some of you may be asking, Pastor, how do we repair the connection when it's been fractured? How do we fix things? Now, again, sometimes we might think, hey, I'm going to try to get even. But that's not going to solve anything. In fact, have you ever tried to get even? And when you successfully gotten even with that person, did you feel a million times better? Sometimes. <laughs> Just being honest, sometimes it felt really good. But more often than not, and this is not what Jesus, Jesus did not want us to feel better about that. More often than not, I found that uh, I didn't feel much better. In fact, I felt worse because an eye for an eye, eventually, it's not going to solve the world's problems. You have to stop the negative habit. So how, how, do, we, how do we repair the fractured connection? Matthew 18, Jesus gives us some very sage advice that I know I've preached on, and uh, I have to remind myself, this is how, whenever you have a problem with somebody, this is how you should begin to repair the relationship. Okay, so Matthew 18, verse 15. It says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between how, how many people? Just the two of you, all right? So if you recognize that something's going wrong between you and your friend, hey, let's go talk about it. Let's go meet up. 
There's something wrong between us. There's, there's something that I feel like is in between us. Let's talk it out. And as we've, have we discussed, have love, trust, respect, compassion, kindness. And if they listen to you, you have won them over. I mean, sometimes some people, they do things and they don't even realize that they're upsetting somebody else or they've caused hurt or damage. But if they don't listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And when I say, if, if you're going to go to somebody, if you're going to bring somebody in, make it somebody that, bring somebody in that is respected and trusted and can be objective. And if they still refuse to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to even listen to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Jesus, are you being kind of harsh here? Jesus says, treat them as a pagan and tax collector. And when you, when you, when you hear that, when you read that, what comes to mind when Jesus says, treat them as a pagan or a tax collector? Is Jesus judging them? Ah, they're not part of the Hebrews. They're not part of the Jews. Be gone with them. Or they're lost. That's sometimes what we think, right? But in actuality, Jesus actually has the opposite in mind. When he says, treat them as a pagan or a tax collector, he's basically stating, okay, <laughs> you need to start at the very, very beginning and basics and helping to repair this relationship because they have no idea what you're talking about. When you're bringing somebody who's not in the faith, or especially when it comes to a tax collector, when, when Jesus says tax collector, the people who are first hearing this are thinking, oh, tax collectors, they don't know anything. When you share the gospel, okay. When you share the gospel, when you share the gospel with everybody, do you start, <laughs> do you start with Leviticus or Romans? <laughs> Those of you who've read the Bible know, no, that's not where you start. You start with the basics. You start with who Jesus is, who God is, that God is a God of love. And then from there, you slowly build up. So when Jesus says, hey, treat them as a pagan or a tax collector, that doesn't mean to shun them, to treat them ill, but to love and start at the very beginning. And then from there, I pray that the fractured relationship can then be healed. Now, Brené Brown, she wrote, we cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And when we honor the spiritual connection that grows from that offering with trust, respect, kindness, and affection. Love is not something that we give or get. It is something that we nurture and grow a connection that can only be cultivated between two people that exists within each one of them. We can only love others as we love ourselves. Shame, blame, disrespect, betrayal, and withholding of affection can damage the roots from which love grows. Love can only survive these injuries if they are acknowledged, healed, and repaired. Connections require intentionality, especially when it's been damaged and it's been hurt. There's also another, uh, another uh, how should I say, is it a poem? 
It's often been attributed to Mother Teresa, whether she wrote it or somebody else. I don't know, but uh, this is something that I, it, it speaks truth. I'm sure some of you have heard this. Um, allegedly, Kent M. Keith wrote this. People are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered. Amen? Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Amen? Do good anyway. If you are successful, you will win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good that you do today, okay? The good that you do today <laughs> will be forgotten tomorrow, but do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable, but be honest and frank anyway. The biggest men and women with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest men and women with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. People favor underdogs, but only follow, but follow only top dogs. Fight for a few underdogs anyway. And when you spend what you spend years building, may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but may attack you if you do help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you have. And you'll probably have your, kick to, your kick to, teeth kicked in. But give the world the best that you have anyway. To be a follower of Jesus to means you're going to be misunderstood. You're going to be misunderstood by your friends. They're going to be misunderstood by your family. And that's so true even, especially for some of you, I know that you're experiencing that conflict within your own family because they don't understand the new choices and the new direction that you're going in your life. And when they don't understand, it makes them upset, especially if it, some of the things that you're changing, you're changing your new positive habits are going against the grain of what your family has lived. And maybe they feel threatened. Love them anyway. As we talked about these ingredients, love, trust, respect, forgiveness, commitment, accountability. What are some of, what is the one ingredient that you feel that you do well? And what's another ingredient that you can grow and improve? <laughs> mm. Think about this this week. If you're comfortable enough, share it with your family, your spouse, your friends. Maybe this could be a time to build trust and respect. Meet somebody new. Get to know them. And the action step for this week is for the one ingredient that you can grow and improve every day this week, pray and genuinely practice this ingredient. Whether it's love, and love can be kindness, compassion, but it could also mean practicing, intentionally practicing trust and respect, accountability, whatever it may be. And I pray that, my friends, may we be a church that grows deep, strong connections. 
not only in this church, but I desire that you have deep, strong connections with your spouse, your loved ones, and those around you. May the Lord bless, lead, and guide you. Father in heaven, thank you for your goodness. God, I pray that Downey Church will be a church deep, full of connections, not only with one another, but our community and those that are around us. Lord, only you, through you, only through you is anything possible. So may you, Lord, infuse us with love. Lord, where we've been hurt, help us to repair those broken connections. May we be people of trust, of respect. May we love one another when that sometimes means approaching and saying, hey man, I'm concerned for you. May we be a church and a family that is faithful to you. And may we share you and your soon coming with others in Jesus' name. Everybody said? All right. Grace and peace, everybody.